2: Over here using my bell for like illegal means. What you, bookmakers and illegal activity,
0: you know? You also would not know that uh, Richie owns this place and that he sells narcotics here because he's a puke and he likes to pervert kids and stuff, huh? Drugs. Nobody uses drugs around here.
1: Yeah. You don't know nothing, do you? Anybody see Richie?
2: Welcome to the party, pal. Action movie reviews with Mackie. Judd and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... What are you going to going to arrest me, huh? You going to arrest me? I'm out of bullets!
0: That's a shame. Because those bullets could have saved you a lot of pain. I like that.
2: Action Movie Rewind, thank you to all of you listeners who have made every Friday the most downloaded episode of Mackie and Judd, and it's either a coincidence, it's Judd's Friday Takes, or it's Action Movie Rewind, or some combination of all of them. And uh, this was Judd's choice, this is the second time we've gone into a classic Steven Seagal film here. Both my choices. In the first 18 episodes of Action Movie Rewind, Out for Justice, mm. 1991. Mm. And ordinarily, so we start these episodes with the summary of the movie, as found on the Internet, some other facts about the movie, and then our favorite least favorite parts. And the summary oftentimes, like especially with Casino Royale last week, Judd's first Bond movie ever, the plot is sort of convoluted in some ways. And, you know, it's like a seven or eight sentence, like two paragraph summary. This is the summary for Out for Justice. <laughs> Steven Seagal plays a renegade cop, Gino Fellino who returns to his violence-plagued home neighborhood in Brooklyn to get revenge upon the crime lord responsible for his partner's death. That's the summary. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a very simple plot, and Steven Seagal spends 90 minutes out for justice. You know
0: what, Cool Breeze? What's that? One of these days, your wise mouth is going to get the rest
1: of your body in a whole lot of trouble. What?
2: Where are you from, Finoc? Yeah. Yeah, you
0: can not be from Brooklyn because we don't talk like that on here, you know what I'm saying? Huh? Tattoo,
1: believe me, this guy's nothing without that
2: bitch you talking to me, man. Who the f*** you think you are, huh? You like to beat up on f- women, is that it? Beat up on me, asshole.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, You bad f- huh? I know where you live.
2: <laughs> 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 Gino,
0: you son of a bitch!
1: Very difficult to find appropriate clips from this movie. <laughs> what a classic film!
2: This is this is right in the middle of Steven Seagal's peak. This is like his fourth ever movie, and he comes out of the gate hot in the late '80s with just like blockbuster action movies. Hard to kill. Yep. Yep. And uh, and so this movie, Out for Justice, generated 23 percent positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Not very well rated I by the, those people, the critics. It was a fourteen million dollar budget turned into forty million dollars at the box office, and it starred Steven Seagal, William Forsyth, who's also in The Rock. This is the second villainous appearance by William Forsyth. Who's in play, the, ro- he in he the fl- rock He played Richie in uh, in this movie. Yeah, in this and, movie and then uh, he played like he had a mustache and looked basically the same, and he played a different character okay. in the rock. Yep. Uh Gina Gershon and the dad from Dirty Dancing was in this movie. Jerry as Orbach. Well.
0: Yeah. Lenny Briscoe, yes, he was. So let's start Plan with John.
2: Your favorite part of Out for Justice.
0: Okay, well, we played it, and it has long been w- one of my go-to lines in life. And I absolutely... So the scenes in the bar are fantastic, oh, yeah. right? But play the scene uh, again when he walks in and says, anybody seen Richie? Man, you won't be over here using my belt for, like, your legal means, would you?
2: Bookmakers in our legal activity, you know?
0: You also would not know that uh, Richie owns this place and that he sells narcotics here because he's a... Puke, and he likes to pervert kids and stuff, right? Huh? Drugs. Nobody uses drugs around here.
1: Eh? Yeah. You don't know nothing, do you? Anybody see Richie? <laughs> Richie.
0: Anybody know who <laughs> whacked Bobby Louie? He whacked Bobby Lupo. Okay, that scene. Now, now, what makes that whole scene so complete is not the fight scenes or, or Seagal kicking ass. It's this. Did you guys pick up on it sounds like they cut some type of track of people yelling oh, at yeah. Gino's character, but it didn't sound it wasn't people in the bar. Right. So he walks in go. goes, Anybody seen Richie? And you hear this this like distant F you.
1: I you yeah, yeah. Just yeah.
0: from but it's like it's like they cut it in a in a room of some sort and then played it as background. Um This is just so in the wheelhouse (laughs) of everything I want from these films because it's so magnificently in some ways stupid, but glorious.
2: This movie, this movie was like a combination of like martial arts and roadhouse all sort of roadhouse and Brooklyn as the setting instead of wherever they were in roadhouse. It
0: it was, it was roadhouse in some ways, definitely commando, including down to the bad guy
2: the out-of-shape fat was completely out of shape, was out of shape and going to
0: get his ass kicked. Uh, and, and it had a little bit, too, of the feeling of the first film that we did that you like so, so much. Bloodsport. The martial arts. Yeah, Bloodsport, yeah. okay? Oh, yeah. It was like all of those three sort of combined. But it did have that commando, the bad guy.
2: A lot of toxic masculinity in this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. But I just... I l- Would you give me a beer? Screw you! <laughs> oh, and the accents.
0: The accents are great. But I just love it, the fact that that Forsyth's character is just this fact like you yes. know he's got no chance. God. I and see so you
2: anyway. still I see you still cut your hair like a girl, Gino. <laughs> oh yeah. Just like toxic masculinity oh, yeah. everywhere. Anyway, I
0: love the bar scenes. And anybody seen Richie? Anyone know I whack Bobby Lupo? I love it's that. It's also
2: hilarious that the th- the three main characters were Gino, Bobby, and Richie. Yeah. So yep. Gino, Bobby, Richie. Gino Bobby Richie. Bobby right.
0: Lupo gets shot
1: so quick. <laughs> too the pace of the film was fantastic. Uh,
2: and we will do a deep dive into that scene too. But Exactly. What was your favorite part of uh, oh, for Justice*?
1: Uh, just the way Seagal treats people, like it, <laughs> in in the bar scene where where, he's, where he said, "Where's Richie?" and he also just takes the cue ball in the sock and just starts <laughs> whipping people with it. And then also when he goes to the strip club and he talks to that stripper and she figures out that like the the gal, her gal, her other prostitute friend or whatever, was also like banging the same guy. And he's like, oh, so you were." You were sleeping with the same guy, and she goes to hit him, and he just goes, eh, don't be like that. <laughs> like, just the, way, just the way he acts and treats people, and the whole movie was a delight. Yeah. There's also a scene, I can't remember,
2: because he, he goes into so many different establishments looking for Richie. Like, right. half the movie is him just, like, going into places yeah. looking for Richie, then kicking everyone's ass. And there's a guy behind the oh. counter at one of these, it was, like, some restaurant or store or whatever it was, and the, the older guy behind the counter pulls a gun, and he's, and he's like, oh, yeah, that that's him. And he's And it's not, like, close range. Segal, about to be shot from probably twenty feet away, casually walks over, reaches out, takes the gun from his hand, empties the bullets, and then just like walks out. You don't want do <laughs> to do that. Yeah. You don't want do to do, do that. You don't want to do that. You want to do that.
0: And he sort of like starts to break the guy's arm. It's just, oh, I, love it.
2: I mean, it is like, all right. So I have, I'll give you my favorite part, and then I want to give you a take that you can riff off of here. Okay. Okay. So um, my favorite part of the movie was probably the Polaroid sex pics of Bobby and the two gals and how often they were referred to, how often they were shown. They got dropped on Bobby. They got dropped on Bobby after he got killed at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, was it a common practice back in the 80s and early 90s to, like, now, you know what, if you want to take selfies, like, we see all the time, like, people, you know, take selfies of themselves. And, like, Julian Edelman winds up on the internet, right? It's very easy with your phone. Yes. Not as easy with a Polaroid camera. No. And these pictures were not selfies with a Polaroid. It wasn't like you could see uh you know you could see uh, the gal's arm, you know, as they're both laying in bed together. It was like they were both in the middle of an act yep. with one of the gals, mm-hmm. and they're both like looking sideways, smiling at the camera, and somebody else is clearly taking the picture God, with a polaroid. And she's got the great hair. <laughs> yeah. She has the great 80s yeah.
0: Uh, hair. Poo- yeah, yeah, poofed up Wait, hair.
2: When you're looking at that photo,
0: her hair is what well, you yeah. locked in on? <laughs> well, she's purposely obscuring, and I don't know why, some key parts, but the hair is great. Oh, it's that god. big hockey sort of hair. Oh my god!
2: Yeah, that's that was one thing I noticed in okay. those photos. Yeah. yeah, she definitely had really, really big hair. hair. Oh yeah. no! She had, a,
0: she had large hair. No question about it.
2: But here's all right. to transition oh, so into deadly. into least favorite part of this movie. I'll just throw it out there. Okay. This is classic Seagal. It's all the one-liners. It's him just dusting like fifteen bad guys at once. Every place he goes into, yep. it, he looks the same in every movie back then. He's got the ponytail with the jeans, and he's just cal- oh, yeah. he's just calmly walking the around. Character doesn't change. It's trying people. Yeah, it's just it's a vintage Seagal movie. But I don't think this movie is in the same stratosphere as Hard to Kill. Like once you've seen Hard to Kill, yeah, I'm sorry. Out for Justice came out like two years after Hard to Kill, and it's yeah, they're trying to recreate Hard to Kill multiple times because it's the formula. And uh, I don't mean to buzz like, this is a great movie to review, and I thoroughly enjoyed this for what it was, but, like, Hard to Kill's plot is very gripping. He spends seven years in a coma. Yes. He he wakes up, returns himself physically to be a lethal weapon, and then goes on a (laughs) revenge spree against the corrupt senator's henchmen that put him in the coma. Yes. It's just, it's a revenge tour after seven years in a coma. Yes. This plot was fine, but it's like, all right, it's a psychotic bad guy who's going on a jealous rage-killing spree. And you don't really get a ton of like the why. So he's he's on drugs and he's mad, and so he's going to kill everybody. And by the, it wasn't as gripping as Hard to Kill. So I will say by that. this
0: point in the Seagull catalog, I don't think we needed or he especially n- needed a why. Seagull was action movie porn. It was like here yes. is a little bit of <laughs> like a I think Hard to, convoluted plot. I think Hard to Kill was more of uh, well we got to have something here, right? There's got to be some yeah some, some there there. Uh, I feel like by. Out for justice, this was, uh, let's get this out as quick as possible, and let's let Stephen be Stephen, and we really don't care. Sure. That's fair. That's and fair. we don't care.
2: But would you guys agree with my assessment, now that we've seen hard to kill and out for justice? It's not, oh, yeah. I think hard to kill is like, and we'll get to the ratings at the end of the episode here, but I think hard to kill is on a totally different level than out for
0: justice. This was, this was as far as, to use your phrase, um, Seagal porn goes, this was... A ton of fun mm-hmm. it's absolute crap but that's what makes yeah. it so great right like i was sitting there and plus here's the thing i absolutely loved i love the fact the pace of film was so quick like they knew they were producing crap
2: there's a, it, it's bubble gum and we'll get, and to, and to, we'll a get to about it. that yes too.
0: but but they knew the studio clearly knew this is violent bubblegum.
2: yeah hey, mm-hmm. hey richie nah, Yeah. we don't need any more i lines mean bobby here,
0: lupo just... gets killed almost instantly yeah the the first scene is Hey, Bobby, is something something wrong? I notice you're not the same. Li- and the next thing, Bobby's getting lit up by R- Richie with eight bullets, right?
2: In fact, uh, that's worth a deep dive on its own, I think. Let's let's just start with the first ten minutes of this movie. Yes. <laughs> the first ten Can minutes of Can I give you one thing movie? quick,
0: though? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The one thing about this film and the fact that it was Seagal porn that made it so fantastic was Bobby gets shot. Seagal is about to go play catch with... With his son, and he's clearly estranged from his wife at that point. you finish your homework. He's, no, he's okay. he's wearing a baseball glove that's a kid's glove. Like his hand <laughs> yes. is is halfway out the glove. And then and then he shows up at the crime scene. Orbach's character is, is like, oh man, I don't know, you know, this is going to be tough to see. Of course, of course, uh, Segal goes and looks, and the next thing I think he says to Orbach, who's his boss, character is, all oh, I need's an ungun, yes, unmarked cart yes. and a shotgun. A shotgun.
2: Like that's that's the police. Is that the police
0: credo? All I need to solve this crime, you know. Don't get me help. I don't need backup. Um, The force can stay home. As far as I'm concerned, I need two things: an unmarked. And a shotgun. Yes. And Orbach's character w- without like being like, ah, oh, I, I don't know. It's against policy. Yeah. He's like, sure. <laughs> you know, Citywide out. Every available officer. We got ALs at the tolls, airports, trains, buses. Ronnie, Ronnie, this guy ain't going to run. He'll sneak and he'll hide, but he ain't going to leave Brooklyn.
1: Now look, I'll feed you every dope, dig and dive he's got. But let me do it my way. You just give me an unmarked and a shotgun. right? <laughs> An unmarked car, while wearing like a deep V-neck shirt. (laughs) He's a cop
2: with a beret. But but here's the hilarious part: like this is laughable, this is cartoonish. It's 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 toxic masculinity, and pretty much the same thing happened in Portland last week in 2020 America. Just like just give me like an unmarked car and a and some sort of high powered gun and a vest, and we'll just we'll take care of the situation. So so like so that's the that is the culmination oh of the first ten minutes of the movie. But I think it's worth doing a trip through those first ten minutes leading up to that line. Of course. So I just took notes on the first ten minutes because it was glorious. So after being so, he, th- it starts with Gino and Bobby, his partner Bobby, seeing a pimp assaulting his prostitutes. Yeah. And uh, and so they see they're sitting in their car and they're kind of like, when should we intervene? Okay, now he's hitting them. Okay, let's we'll get out. We'll take care of this. And by the way, they had known the because because Gino and Bobby were childhood friends. I believe the pimp they also knew from like yeah. being in the same community. Yes, they knew Richie going back. They knew it's everybody. All, they I all went to school life. together. I knew where you lived. Right. Yes. So after being detained, yeah, the the pimp threatens to have relations with Gino's wife. Yes, he said it differently than that. <laughs> and so Gino then throws him through a car window as sort of retribution for making the comment. I know of his where wife. you're going with this. I love this. So. Uh, well, I was that I was gonna leave that part right there and get to the Richie part, but where were you going
0: with that? No, this? they introduced the film, so he throws the pimp through through the windshield of the car, the guy goes through and his head breaks the, the glass. windshield yeah. glass, and then they do the early nineties freeze. They show Seagal's face oh, right. looking at the pimp, and then they flash and out freeze for out for justice. <laughs> I mean, so great. That, that's, just a, that's such a great primer that we are about to start
2: a classic film. And then shortly after this, you get right into the plot. You get right into this bad guy, drug addict, rage-filled Richie. He comes walking up in the middle of the—it's broad daylight. There's people everywhere, yeah. and he walks up and just blows this dude away— in the middle of brooklyn so he shoots him three times and he's not dead yet he's on the ground just bleeding out yep shoots him three times spits on his dying body yep puts a polaroid of bobby cheating on uh richie actually it was richie's girlfriend, girlfriend yes. that bobby was sleeping with in the polaroid yes he puts that on his body and then shoots him again <laughs> with his wife and kids watching in the store yes in the yes. market in the bodega and then, and then, all right. So this is all like in the first five or six minutes. So then, so now Richie's trying to just get away from the scene, and his cronies are like, like, okay, like we're we're going. So they're in their vehicle. There's a woman, a random driver woman, who's honking at Richie and his cronies to get out of the way. They're blocking the intersection, and so Richie does what all of us have thought about doing in our cars before, which is I'm going to go. Show that person a lesson, but really I'm just like listening to the Backstreet Boys on my radio and I'm going to keep the volume down, right? Right. This dude gets out of his vehicle, Richie, walks up to this driver, this woman, doesn't confront her and like, would you say to me? No. Or like, pound on her hood? No. No. He pulls her out by the hair and shoots her point blank in the head and they show it in this movie. Yes.
0: Yes. Because he's crazy, he's drug fueled. He's absolutely crazy. It's awesome. uh, this... Richie's
2: not going to take any.
0: And and to that character is great because he spends the entire film walking around Brooklyn wielding his gun. Yes,
2: yes. like I don't think he puts it away. No, he no. doesn't. In fact, according to Wikipedia, the description just summing up who Richie is: Richie is a crack addict who grew up with Gino and Bobby. He has become psychotic and homicidal due to rage and drug use, and seems not to care about the consequences of his actions. You think? And that's the start of this movie. Just unbelievable. And I should mention, too, this movie, because of all the things we're talking about here, like the just the ridiculous violence and some of the stuff they show that we haven't even talked about yet, this movie originally was rated NC-17. It was rated oh, wow. above R when yep. it came out. Yep. And in some of the releases to other countries and, and some of the releases like in VHS, they actually cut out two or three minutes of the heavy, heavy violence stuff. It didn't bother me. I think I saw the heavy violence last night on the YouTube version I saw. Yeah, I did too. That's how I watched All it. of it was, like, they sh- like that gal getting shot in the head Yeah, and yeah. Was she, falls so, she was shown in the movie. Yeah, so. well, yeah,
0: he's Anyways. not going to take crap.
2: So what else stood out to you
0: guys? Declan, you want to go next?
1: Just, I, I, his whole, Richie and his entourage are the most, like, Unappealing and no, could not be able to do what they were able to do. You couldn't hang with them, no. Well, not that I, I. Well, yes, I could not hang with them. Like,
2: could you spend? Could you spend a couple hours hanging out with those guys watching a football game?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> no, and the fact they were able to like just walk around broad daylight shooting people and killing people was absurd. And then Richie, this like. Fat, overweight, just like just like Bennett and Commando, like yeah, he has no Bennett, business sure. no. being the main yeah. antagonist of this film. Like it's essentially it's just Seagal running around trying to find the guy, and I, I just did not vibe well, and I didn't connect well with the antagonist roles. Like it was just and like they're having like a orgy party at the end of the movie. Like it's just it's yes. a weird thing, man. It was weird.
0: That part was so bad, though. It, that crew was so bad; they were good. Which the the, the bad crew? Okay. Yeah. And, like, and like from the an fact, acting yes, perspective? Yes, and the fact that, that Richie was this out-of-shape, you know, commando, same exact thing, made it so funny. Because you knew in, in the ultimate scene, again, how were they going to even make this look like, oh, you know what? Richie's crazy. He's got a chance here. You never said to yourself, you know, they're going to duke this thing. And you knew, by the way, that they were going to, of course, in typical fashion, you know, not... Not ha- have the end be brief and clean, and yeah. and the bad guy was just going to get shot. You knew that this was going to be some type of fight, and you never thought to yourself, "I, I think Richie's got a chance."
2: No, he. No. I think Richie's got a fighting chance here. No, the only way he would have had a chance is if he did have bullets in his gun or something, or if he had like a <laughs> knife. But then he picked at one point. He did pick up a weapon in their final fight. But yeah, the fi- the final fight scene. Um. Let's see here. Gino stabs. What did I write down? Oh yeah, Gino stabs Richie the in the face with like of, a corkscrew. A corkscrew, like <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah,
0: exactly and, and right. Then, and then he From grabs the a gun.
2: Yeah, and then he grabs a gun and shoots Richie's lifeless body a few times just for good measure.
0: No, he he does that. He does that with the with the mafia guy's gun to make it look like the mafia killed him.
2: Oh, that's what it was. I that, thought he was that's just. What I said. Okay,
0: you did the right thing. You Got did the it. right thing because he's like because <laughs> Gino's supposed to be the sort of fringe mafioso guy. Who is a cop? Sure, but he knows all the mobsters, and and it's like the mobsters. So th- the whole film is basically Gino and the
2: mobsters separately racing to get to Richie to kill him first. Right. Mm-hmm. What are the five words you guys would use to describe Richie if somebody asked you, like, "Hey, uh, yeah, that guy Richie. What what's that guy Richie all about? Mm-hmm. What What are the five words you would use to describe Richie? Diabetic would be one. <laughs> He looked like a diabetic. So we go fat or just diabetic? I I wrote down fat was the first thing. Oh, he's definitely fat.
0: Foresight Foresight was definitely fat at the time.
2: You know, I I would say. Murderous. Murderous is probably a.
0: a Crazy, insane. You know, a
2: little insecure. Sure. A little insecure. Yeah,
0: because he's from the hood and he's not
1: respected. Pedophile. (laughs) He was a pedophile. Did we see examples of Were there of that? kids? There was that moment where he, towards the end of the movie, where he goes over to the gal and he's like, oh, I'll take care of you. take care of Richie. But then, like, her little sister is there and he, like, puts his arm around her. And then that's when he, like, tries to, right. like, she, like, comes in. Oh, and was like, she little? Go away. Yes, she was, like, I definitely didn't even, a teenager. Yeah, yes, I, Jeffrey
2: Epstein. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, by, by that point in time I might in. I just wasn't that, that concerned about oh, that by the time. Told me she was 18. What are you talking narcissist? about? Uh, narcissist? Narcissist? He's mis- definitely a narcissist. He's yeah, a misogynist. Maso- oh,
0: misogynist. Well, yes, you are correct, Phil. That whole film was basically uh, was based on, on macho.
2: Yeah, it's it's just, just toxic masculinity. Yeah. Just a lot of guys trying to overcompensate for their insecurities. That's that's the, the plot. The line.
0: one the one thing that I will give Seagal films that I think that they did better than anybody else at that time was did anybody else use better sound effects of breaking bones? Oh, you're Like right. every time he breaks a leg or arm, you hear it. Yeah,
2: it's yeah, and it's and it's and it's not just like a quick snap. No. It's like a bone getting crushed by some sort of I don't know, like like a massive boulder rolling yes, over sir. it or something. Yes. Uh I wrote down my favorite line from the movie. It was a lot of seagull lines in here. Just a lot of trash talk and he's a great trash talker, right? So he's not just going to You know, you watch like the Bourne movies and the Bourne identity and stuff. And Bourne just kind of goes about silently yep. making his kills. Mm-hmm. Bond has some personality. But Steven Seagal is there to trash talk you first and foremost and <laughs> then kill you confidently. So he walks into the bar full of goons looking for Richie. Uh, he takes the bullets out of his gun in the middle of like 15 goons and says, bring it on. Mm-hmm. And and he disposes of all these people. He just he, they, they all come at him one by one and he just kicks everyone's ass. Knocks some teeth out of one guy on the pool table. And then he leans over, I think it was to Richie's brother, I'm guessing. And the quote was, tell your brother I'm going to cut his head off and piss down his throat. Yeah. Yep, Th- that's that was just definitely a, in there. That is that is a, a great line. An amazing trash talk line Good for you in an early the 90s poor action And the
0: poor brother got his nose broken by one crew. Yeah. A separate crew came in. That brother, yeah, for for rough. being got- picked to run the bar... That was not worth it, man. That guy took a beating, and he was a wimp, and he didn't do anything as, as his brother came back and said. He didn't do a thing about You don't let Gino do that to you.
1: Richie yeah. lifted him by the cojones.
2: Did you remember that yeah. part? He,
1: like, lifted him up in the air. Because he
2: didn't think that he had displayed yeah. the proper cojones. What did you guys think of the end of the movie? So he sees the station wagon Funny, that, yeah. earlier in the movie, the station wagon that dropped that poor oh. puppy off in the garbage bag. Oh, yeah. Circle. And he basically, Actually, you know
0: what? My least... Favorite part of this entire film, and I've got it written down right here, is who, for the most part, takes care of the dog? Because the dog gets dropped <laughs> off in the bag by the guy early on. Well, how much ti- And Gino finds it and sticks it in his car, and then you see the dog occasionally,
2: but there's like long stretches of time where I'm curious, who's taking care of the dog? Well, I think my follow-up to that would be, do we have any idea or any concept of how much time passed in this movie? Like, like 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 did, like, did no. it like did it take place over two days a month? I think no, I feel like I, it was just one night. One I think it was very day. quick. Yes,
0: yeah. I think it, I think it was very quick.
2: Okay, so the dog was just it wasn't like the dog. But like, was,
0: did the dog just sit in the car
1: the whole time in Brooklyn when he wasn't? I thought he when he buys it food, yeah, you know, he's like I need some dog. Right, so did he go food. home? Yeah, then? I got puppy food, and I thought he I thought he dropped oh, puppy food right yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> he needs some of this too. <laughs> yeah, I thought he drops it off with his you know his wife. No, no, no.
0: He no. In fact, when when he goes inside to his wife's house, and and Richie's crew comes in and shoots up the house, right. the dog's okay. back in the car. Okay. No, this dog
1: is like driving. Because I'm an animal lover. I love animals.
0: <laughs> no, no. The poor dog sitting in the car, and and they come in and try and kill the wife, his kid, and Gino.
2: Yeah. And then of course you get the ultimate double comeuppance. Uh, the guy who initially threw the dog out the window at the end. Seagull kicks him in the seeds, and then he falls to the ground in pain. And then the dog walks over and pees on the guy's head. Yeah, <laughs> and then right. they all walk that's away. A police dog
1: <laughs> is that a police dog or what?
2: Um, from Wikipedia, can we get to the from Wikipedia yes, section here? Please this do. Is some great stuff. All right, yes, this is good. Director John Flynn. This was, I think, the peak of John Flynn's movie directing career. Just taking a glance at his Wikipedia pages as well. So this is from director John Flynn. I really liked working with Bill Forsyth, who was Richie. And Jerry Orbach, who was the dad from Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. And all those guys in the car who played the killers. All of those guys were great to work with. But I didn't get along with Steven Seagal. He was always about an hour late for work and caused a lot of delays. Also, Steven Seagal was upset that Richie was getting too much camera time and too many lines. This
0: is my favorite part. And mm-hmm.
2: so just to sum it up, this was originally going to be like a two-hour-plus movie. This is going to be a movie with more plot and dialogue and everything. And Steven Seagal eventually said, listen, I'm the star of this movie. I can't have Richie slash Bill Forsyth getting all these lines. Yes. And so they cut it to a 90-minute movie from like two hours. He cut
0: out Forsyth's parts.
2: Yes. And he they helped cut them out. They had all these different parts, and you'll see there's there's two different montages in the movie where it's not your classic like Rocky montage where they're cutting to fight scenes and stuff. Right. There are montages of dialogue scenes where you're wondering, like, what are they saying? Like, there's one scene where they're just, like, in a cop car talking to each other, but there's music playing over it, and they're trying to move the movie along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they 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 filmed, and they edited, like, a two-hour movie, and then at the at the end of all of it, Seagal was like, no, give me the tape. I'm going to cut 30 minutes of, of Richie out. Also, whilst on the production set, Steven Seagal, this is the best one, Steven Seagal claimed that due to his Aikido training, he was immune to being choked unconscious. Hmm. So, Steven Seagal said, Hey, I'm a master technician yes. in martial arts. <laughs> yes. Nobody can choke me unconscious. Correct. I'm immune to being choked unconscious. Has prided himself for a long time on his abilities in this area. Yep. It has been alleged that at some time, Gene LaBelle, who was a stunt coordinator for the movie, heard about the claim and gave Seagal the opportunity to prove it. LaBelle is said to have placed his arms around Seagal's neck, and once Seagal said go, proceeded to choke him unconscious. After refusing to comment for many years, LaBelle confirmed the story in 2012. Whenever Seagull has been asked about the incident, he has constantly denied the allegations that he was choked out. Okay, by how LaBelle. great is that?
0: How great is that whole thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I love the you fact choke me that Seagull was a complete a hole
1: mm-hmm.
0: in real life. And, and in fact, there's a story, I think, about one time he hosted SNL. And he is like the most despised person to ever host that show. <laughs> oh, Everyone on the show hated his guts
2: because he didn't want to do anything
0: self-deprecating. Probably, well, probably or... that. And he, but he, here's here's the thing: is Stephen Zagal doesn't get the fact that he's funny because he really can't act. Like he thinks he can act, and so he thinks that he's good. I mean, what makes him so good is he's not good at all. Like yeah, it's I, all I, a I, shtick. It, it, he's one character. And and it's hilarious, but he actually thinks he's good, or he did.
2: So let's let's play a little game here called: If you were to replace this action star in this movie with Steven Seagal, what would the movie have been like? Okay, I'm just going to throw some random ones out. Okay, Die Hard. Let's say you replaced Bruce Willis with Steven Seagal. How would how would Die Hard have turned out? If I think my answer would be instead of kind of like laying in the weeds and waiting for the killers and the bad guys to come to him and then systematically going through them, I think Steven Seagal would have just walked around the building and killed everybody, and the yes. movie would have been over in an hour. <laughs> yes.
0: It would have been funnier as far as, as as being campy and bad. Yeah. Like, that's a really good film. That's a fun film. Um, but, yeah, if he had been the main guy, and, and the other thing, though, that he could never stand, and this is true, is he could not be upstaged. Yeah. So the problem is... Die Hard had a lot of good actors. Yeah, he couldn't have ta- he yeah. couldn't have taken that.
2: He's also like His he, could he's have taken never that. on most action movies, all, including all of all or most of the Sylvester Stallone action movies and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. The star is on the defensive for a large part of the movie. Right, like let I me mean, think about <laughs> Sylvester Stallone You're in right. Rocky movies. He's literally on the defensive for the entire movie until the end. Yes, or even in in Rambo, like he's he's kind of hiding out and then he's he's playing cat and mouse. Yep. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a little bit more on the offensive, but Steven Seagal is never like, "Oh, I'm in a, I'm in a rough way here." The, the beginning of some of his movies, he is so that it can set up the comeback, but he's just like hunting people and killing them with no resistance. Arnold,
0: Arnold, you feel like when you watch his films that he sort of gets it, yeah. like the shtick to it. What I love about Seagal, he has no idea. <laughs> Like he doesn't get it He's at all. He's not on his own joke. No, he yeah. thinks he thinks I'm doing the Lord's work here in action films, yeah. and it's like that's what makes you so great,
2: yeah, man. Like he sees he sees uh, Out for Justice come across and thinks like that is an Academy Award. That's what like, he thinks. Absolutely, absolutely
0: right. Yeah, absolutely this right. This
2: movie, by the way, was was not the winner of any Academy Awards. I, I went and checked just to Dang be it. certain. Um, before we get to definitive bad guy rankings and overall rankings, oh, anything else that stands out? Yes, up? yes, yes. The okay. ultimate Seagal, so
0: this is in the big picture of things, in you know, for justice, a small thing, okay? But this is what makes Seagal so good, and it's what I love about his craft and how bad he truly is but didn't get it. He wrote, I'm sure it's him, he wrote in a scene for himself where, where he's telling his wife about how Richie's dad, Mr. Madonna, I believe, had helped raise him and had given him some some uh, cash at times to go to, to the um, amusement park because his own dad abandoned him. And his own dad came around, but he didn't know for a long time that that was his dad. And then he started to deduct it and figure it out. And that's the scene that ends with, and you know what I did for him tonight? I arrested him. <laughs> Mr. Madano I arrested him. I mean, this is literally, this guy has written in a scene, so that we can realize how great he he is with dialogue. A thespian. And the only place his dialogue is good are the classic, anybody seen Richie? Anybody know why Richie whacked Bobby Lupo?
2: Or the five seconds before he kills somebody.
0: Yes, but but think about that. He actually had a scene written in explaining his relationship with Richie's father and how that man had helped him. And, and if you look at Seagal's face, like, he really thinks, I'm selling this. Yeah,
2: he's, he's all, he's, he thinks he's a thespian. I'm doubled
0: over on my couch laughing. I love it so much.
2: Yeah. Anyway. Who, who was your guy's, there's not that many options here for this one, but who was your favorite character in the movie? Outside of Seagal? I mean, there wasn't, and there's not that many options. It's like, yeah. it's like Richie or Gino. The poor guy in the
0: wheelchair who Richie decides to whack, and I don't know why. I wouldn't tell on you, Richie. No, I'm gonna end your pain. <laughs> and they just <laughs>
1: wax him. I kind of like the police chief who just allowed Steven Orbach. Segal. Yeah, Orbach. Jerry Orbach's crazy. Just, yeah, just to the do dad from Dirty really Dancing. Yeah.
2: To <laughs> I'm gonna go with the dad from Dirty Dancing too. Law and Order, man. But that's his day job. An,
0: unmar- an unmarked car and a shotgun, and a shotgun is all <laughs> I need to solve this crime. I like to envision. You think cops are a problem
2: now? I like to envision like when you see Reginald Vel Johnson as a as a cop in different movies. I like to envision that they're playing. This is like a glimpse into their life as the character from the other thing like that's Carl Winslow and he's just at work on a saturday night That to a crisis right that, that like this dude yeah this dude comes to uh, comes to his job <laughs> check out a, a crime scene but man he's really stressed out at home because his daughter has been shacking up with the dance teacher guy and dirty dancing like um, definitive bad guy rankings all right so here are the rankings to this it's point it's bennett well, let's yeah, let's go to the, be the same guy. So number one is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Number two yeah. is Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Number three is Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. Number four is Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon. Number five is Yvonne Drago from Rocky Four. Then we have Dennis Hopper from Speed, the rogue CIA agent James Monroe from The Expendables, angry terrorist Ivan from Air Force One, the corrupt senator from Hard to Kill, the aliens in Independence Day, Le Chief from Casino Royale, Chong Lee from Bloodsport, Bennett from Commando, Bodie from Point Break, General Hummel from The Rock, Sloan from Wanted and then the incompetent Russian military is last in Rambo 3. So, uh so if we're going to put him near Bennett, right? Bennett who's Fat Freddie Mercury in Commando, would you put him <laughs> above or below Bennett? Above. I
0: I liked him more be- because he he had a bigger role. Um so the character was probably more fun yeah but I mean just as far as believability of bad guy and I'm not saying a fat person can't be a bad person because that certainly could be the case uh but just as far as like the antagonist and you know at the end of the film it's going to be Seagal versus this guy I'd put him above Bennett but it's got to be around the same I I
2: think you could say the top five villains on our list they're all iconic in some way Hans Gruber Ivan Drago like they're all very iconic Richie is not iconic. Bennett's not iconic. They're no. just random dudes.
0: What would Seagal, if Seagal had been in Die Hard and, and, the final, and the final product comes out for them to see first, right, what would Seagal have tried to do to the Hans Gruber character to not be upstage completely? Because he clearly, I mean, in this film, he clearly had them go
2: cut foresight yeah. scenes because he was really good. And went to work. Because he's, he's just a good actor. Because when you think of Die Hard, like, I think Hans Gruber- is is on an equal level in terms of screen time, and when you think when you start to rank the characters in that movie, like Hans Gruber is the greatest action movie villain ever, <laughs> and Steven Seagal would never have allowed that. No, right? no, hell no, no. So, uh, all right, so I'm putting him just above Bennett and below Chong Lee from Blood Sports. He's kind of in that in that bottom third for us, and that brings us to the one through ten Seagal rating system here. The top five action movies that we have. Reviewed to this point based on our composite average score, Die Hard, Commando, The Expendables, Roadhouse, and Hard to Kill, all 8.5 to 10. And then the last five are The Rock, Air Force One, Rambo Three, Wanted, and Bloodsport is right. at the bottom here. So mm-hmm. we'll start with Joe. What's your 1 through 10 Seagull ranking here?
0: All right. I'm going to give this because this in many ways lives up to what I want, but I agree with your assessment that this is not – Hard to Kill, I'm going to give this an 8. Okay. Because it's it's so bad, it is good, but Hard to Kill is bad and better, so this can't get a 10, but I'm going to give this an 8, Declan.
1: Dex? I would give it a 7. It it definitely fits our mold of cheesy action movies. There's blood, there's violence, there's one-liners, uh, there's there's a messy plot, too, that's involved, so I would give it a solid 7 out of 10.
2: All right, I'm going to buzzkill this a little bit. I just I just can't put it anywhere near... <laughs> Hard to kill. It's not hard to kill. So I'm giving it a five, okay. which brings our average composites an enjoyable five, I will say. Yeah. Enjoyable yeah, yeah, five. Yeah.
0: It lived up to what it's supposed to do.
2: Yep, exactly. It, it's not 90 minutes of my life that I want to give back. Let's put it that way. Well, and the key is it was short. Yep. And by giving it a, a, a composite 6.7 score, it puts yep. it rightfully below speed. I, I could not in okay. good I had problems with speed. You did. You can't put speed below out for justice.
0: Hey, man, chips have to fall where they may.
2: <laughs> Anybody seen Richie? Anybody seen Keanu? Uh, so good. So um, next week's Action Movie Rewind, it's my turn, turn. To, to choose here, right? Yes, yes sir. sir. So um, I'm kind of going back and forth. There's, there's one from the 90s that is a no-brainer that we should do at some point, but then I looked at the runtime, and it's two hours and 20 minutes. Mm. I won't even tell you what movie it is, but we'll go back to that one at some point. Right, I, I okay. don't think we need a two-hour, 20-minute marathon here. So, 1991 was out for justice. I figure it's kind of fun to bounce around different eras and sometimes go old school 80s and 90s. There's a a wheelhouse. Sure. We're going to fast forward 10 years to 2001, gentlemen. Okay. The first in a long line, the fast and the furious. Oh, yeah. Oh, never, the seen the, whoa, whoa, yeah. never seen one. Fast in the Whoa! Never seen one. I've seen parts. Okay. I've, to
0: be clear, I have seen parts. Okay, okay. But I've oh. never I've never sat down and watched an entire one. Paul Walker So, so this is Paul Walker and, and Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Okay. And then
2: later on the rock came along in the series, but I mean there's like ten Michel of these twelve right? in now, right? God. Yeah, so there's there like Rodriguez. nine or ten of them or something. Okay. I'm juicy. Fast the and the fast, Furious. the original Fast and the Furious awesome. from, from two thousand one. I can't it on. believe it's been twenty bleeping years since that movie came out. Bring it on, but I can't uh wait. Yeah, and, and we encourage all of you listening excuse me, to just follow along with us. Watch that movie sometime and uh, tweet us your thoughts. We have a long list of movies. There, there's a couple more that I added to the list, like Showdown in Little Tokyo has been recommended a couple times. And so that one's on the list at some point. But if you guys have recommendations for movies that we should dive into that we haven't, just tweet us. At Phil Mackey, at Jay Zilgad, and at Dex's Tweets. That's a wrap on Action Movie Rewind, and we will see you guys on Monday. Hopefully, Anybody see Mackey?
0: You won't be over here using my bell for, like, your legal means, would you? Bookmakers and our legal activities, you know. You also would not know that uh, Richie owns this place and that he sells narcotics here because he's a puke and he likes to pervert kids and stuff. Huh? <laughs> drugs. Nobody uses drugs
2: around here.
1: Eh? Yeah. Eh?
2: You don't know nothing, do you? Anybody see Richie?